three, two, one. What's going on, folks? Welcome to 34 Questions. Or tonight we have Davo in the building. How are you doing tonight, Davo? <laughs> Very well, thank you, Jack. Thank you. Uh, how are you doing tonight, man? Is it one of the questions, or is this just small talk? This is just this is usually my like introductory, uh, you know, question is just how, how you doing. This was before I was trying something different before I break down the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let me just ask you, man. How, how you been? You've been doing great. You've been doing well. How you been lately? I think like, like most people, I'm barely holding it all together, but um, keeping up the uh, best attitude that I can. It's not part of it all. Um, it's all a part of being a certain age and having a career going where you have your good days and your bad days. But I don't like to answer how are you with I'm fine, thanks, if I don't mean it. So today, I'm actually quite well. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. I know it's a bunch of ups and downs. That's just how life is sort of sometimes. So I'm glad to catch you on a good day. <laughs> Uh, oh my! <laughs> a bit of that one, I would have answered very truthfully, and I don't know if you charge by the hour. So <laughs> no, no, it's all, it's all free, man. We just two people having a conversation. But uh, thank you, and hopefully we could dive in deeper as this uh, you know, podcast goes goes along. Um, but for you and for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow, oh, break it down real quick. And we typically start off with a warm up. Um, you know, we'll about three questions long. And after the warm-up, we'll jump into an icebreaker where you'll get to choose which path you'd like to take. Uh, we'll cross that road when we get there. After the icebreaker, we'll jump into the Wheel of Fate. In the wheel, whichever number it lands on, that's how the conversation will kind of flow. After all that, we'll finish out with some closeout questions. Now, good to you, Devo? That's right. Awesome, man. So, since I asked you how you were doing, let's just jump into the fire. Uh, okay. Uh, so my first question for you in the warm-up is, what would you like the audience to know about you, man? If you were meeting somebody for the first time, like kind of like how we are right now, uh, what, what, what would you like the audience to know? Uh, I'm a filmmaker. See, <laughs> you got so the. I express. Yeah. I was gonna say you got the birthmark, man. Like you were meant to be a filmmaker. <laughs> well, thankfully this is uh, not a birthmark, but it yes. was something which I had. I, I don't want to turn 30, um, just because <laughs> uh, about my 20s, I'm like, I shouldn't get a tattoo. It might be a a, um, a career stopper, but it, it, it was not. But uh, at age 30, I'm like, I, I don't care anymore. Um, and I got it done, and I'm going to fill in the frames later on, but we'll get to that. Um, so that's what I do uh, as a career, and that's how I kind of explore my heart and soul, what makes me tick, and express whatever life lessons I've learned or have heard others discuss along the way so um i can't really articulate how it all feeds together but my career is who i am it is how i express myself and if it wasn't for that medium i would have been um some other type of storyteller it's just that was the medium that i found the most direct to how i want to get my uh soul across to the rest of the world for sure and uh you know I'm always going to dig in a little deeper, but uh, so what, what is it about film that spoke to you that kind of made you be like, you know, that's what I want to do. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, well, I was uh, a middle child and had a lot of time to myself growing up, which was a good and a bad thing. I'm very much in my own head, very imaginative. Um, and a lot of my younger childhood years, I remember being in some sort of uh, 
outside of reality story, not because I was trying to escape reality per se, but because I was in my own head. So it was kind of a, a, a reverse engineered out of reality. And because I'm a very visual person, I, I, I'm a visual spatial learner. Um, I'm also a visual spatial giver of information. So um, that was just a medium that kind of called out to me. And I was born in a good era, in a good country, in a good uh, time in the world when this stuff is also accessible. So back in the day to get one's hand on all the gear that is around me right now would have been inaccessible to someone from a working class background. Whereas these days it's not so out of reach. And that's been, when I had that, that, that epiphany of, I was actually brought into this at a very good time in the world. I thought, well, that's my luck, I guess. No, oh, I got you. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever read What's the book called? Outliers? Have you, ever, have you mm-hmm. come across? There's a book called Outliers, right? And one of the chapters emphasizes sometimes like being born at the right time. Like you were saying about yeah. just being right era for where you're at and how everything kind of comes together. But yeah, it, that, that's what it reminded me of. Um, I had a question about, uh, so being a visual person and you know, being really focused on that, would you say... Would you say you're a dreamer, like where you can visually remember dream, like incorporate that into your stories? At all? Absolutely. Um, the last film I made, uh, part of its inception was a dream I had years and years ago, which I held on to as like, that'd be a nice way to end the story. But through the process of writing it and creating characters and their arcs and whatnot, but the actual dream itself got kind of lost in the, uh, in the mix, but the idea of it's still there. Um, it was one of those ones where you just remember a certain something a certain something that somebody says to you and um that was just the the outline for a an ending for, for the last time i made uh but also as a dreamer um uh, a lot of that is is your subconscious uh kind of processing what's going on which is effectively what i'm doing with what i make as a film director is i'm processing my experiences both physical and emotional and mental um into something which is more tangible so that's almost making of the dream if i can be so audacious to say that no for sure for sure and you know that gives me hope man because i i am also a dream and i love when i still remember my dreams sometimes i don't but when i do it, i always like waking up feeling like wow i was just either super entertained or I felt like i just came from another dimension and up into this one but uh yeah you gave me an idea because i had this one dream where like I did write down a whole like maybe 15 minute uh, screenplay about it uh, you know, okay. after a few years and you know it still felt short 15 minutes long and when I would share it with friends who had an experience in that industry they're like you know giving me pointers stuff but what you just said about ha- taking a dream maybe the best part that you remember being like just a piece of screenplay might really help uh-huh. me out and it'll challenge me to kind of think about Okay, what in story brought you to that point the dream so yeah now that was, that was just a great tip that that i picked up right there thank you for that i have more questions about films but can't talk can't talk about films all day right <laughs> i got you um let's jump into the second warm-up question which is how would you like to be honored man like there is a way you know, we could express the energy you possess. What sort of act could? Um, how would I have people 
honor me honor you man like the way i kind of uh, frame it is like let's say you moved away from australia mm. i believe or i'm australian yep yeah if you moved moved from australia to the states or to the united states um and then your family and friends back in australia was like your birthday or something they wanted to kind of like you know just feel like they're celebrating with you or having you make bring that feeling back that you're with them what sort of act could they anything which celebrates um self-esteem and mm. uh, the individual but in a collective group setting if that makes sense I got you. I mean, I, I know it's difficult. Um, yeah, I. Yeah. In my mind, I'm trying to think about how how that would what that would look like. Uh, huh. But you mentioned self-esteem, man. Like, why why is that important? Well, that's something which I have battled with my entire life, and I think that's what pushed me to come on this podcast. Was um, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and. Um, I've had a lot of time over the last 30 odd years to do a lot of introspection and I've come to many uh, important milestones and crossroads where self-esteem and self-worth are things which I've really used to struggle with and at certain key points in my life I have climbed up onto the next level of, of healing from that, of coming to a greater sense of worth um, and self-love. So giving myself permission to do what I do and to combat all the um, outside voices saying what I can't do, how I should be doing it and so on. All that's been steadily muted over the years, but I never lose track of the fact that there was a time when I didn't have the knowledge, the vocabulary or the roadmap to see it as being anything other than this is just the way the world is, deal with it. Uh, so if there was going to be a theme in the thesis of Devo's life story it would be self-esteem and honoring that i got you man you know that's that's super interesting you bring that up man yeah no self-esteem is a huge thing for me as well uh growing up i would say up until i was 18 it was like the biggest thing on my mind right like mm. how people perceive me what i thought about myself and you know growing up i, I really really didn't like myself there's things going around my world and i guess being a teenager you kind of put things upon yourself even though it's not your fault and it's, it has nothing to do with you but you feel like you're contributing or you're making things worse and even so growing up i would i would say that i i don't think i've gotten to a point where i can say like i 100 uh but i think i've gotten to a point where i feel like i understand myself a lot more better that kind of wow. helps inform my decisions and that I wanted or you know just shaping my path uh, and sometimes I, I don't know like in my mind what would it take me to reach that level of self-love and I don't even know like if I'm looking out into the world like who, I can't tell who is in that mind or who who 100% loves himself you know we talk about it people say it but I don't know I feel like we're always going to be our own worst critic um, and we can be brought to that space depending on what happens in our life. So you know, for me, I try to be open about that. Not that I'm not trying to, it's just, I don't know if I'm ever gonna get to very like, oh yeah, I, I love myself. Uh, I, maybe I'm just trying to prove something to me. But, uh, but for you, 
are you you feel like you're at that level or <laughs> have you figured it out have you been able to you know work through things uh, i've definitely put a face to what it is i'm trying to honor and that is my myself many many years ago i have a a photo of myself at like age four i'm, I'm 34 now so i can now look at that with a certain parental i've got you kind of mentality um one thing i've noticed from your podcast and how you uh, speak with your uh, guests is that you tell them I got you a lot and I found that to be very triggering in the best way of like when someone says that they've got you um, and they have your back so to speak that's something which people with low self-esteem or low self-worth are just crying out for so um, I say to that uh, little four-year-old Dave photo a lot um, I, I got you you're in safe hands and your um, dreams and wishes are going to be on it. That's whether I can bring those to you. Uh, outside of, you know, just, just um, totally spoiling him, uh, just he's being heard. Because as I said, being a, a middle child wasn't always being heard. Um, and having to sort of fight for that time to be number one, uh, it took me 30 years to get there. So, um, when people are saying that they're reaching the point of true self-love, if it comes from a place of like self-esteem versus ego, because one is like, like your, your own compass, the other one is more external validation. And it really just depends on who that love is for and, and, and who's trying to be proven to. I got you. Man, I can tell you're a deep, <laughs> I can tell you're a deep thinker, man. And yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, yeah, the I got you phrase. I, I don't know. I, I didn't think about it being that way. For you to pick it up in that way, that means a lot to me, man. I, I got you, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, dog. Here we go with the, the last question in the warm-up, which is, on a scale from 1 to 10, how well do you know yourself? Uh, that changes constantly. Um, theoretically, I know myself very well, but I also surprise myself constantly um, because I'm an evolving thing. And uh, if I had to put a, a number on it, I would say a, a nice conservative six or seven. Okay. Because uh, I could answer questions about myself all day. So I know myself on a theoretical level and on a, a retrospective. But if you were to ask me, um, are you going to love yourself in, in, in two weeks' time? It's like, I don't know. And that is that, like, like but you always like yourself if you have good self-esteem. It's like, well, no, I have my moments when I really don't. And I know that about myself. So it all kind of ties back to I know myself really well, but I also am not put up the idea that there are things about me which I just have either really repressed or haven't yet uh, explored yet. I got you. I was gonna say, ask you, like, what is, what would you say is still a mystery that you're trying to see? Like for me, one of them is probably like, am I really gonna make it? And what does that what does that mean? That could be a lot of things, but in my mind, that's that's one of those things where I, I was raised, you know, with very supportive parents. Uh, I was one of those respectful kids to, towards adults, so adults always always felt like adults had this expectation of me to become something be something um which i i don't think i ever became 
they expected them. Um, so yeah, and, but I'm still trying, you know, I still got dreams and I still got hopes. And I, I, I've, you know, tried to be a rapper, which I felt like was part of that ego externalization thing. Um, tried to spread a message through clothing, also becoming a part of my ego. But oh. this, but this, you know, this platform, this podcast really makes me, you know, I think I've solidified something where I don't have to feel like it's about me. I just keep pushing and chugging along. Hope the world can kind of, you know, accept it and embrace it, what it is. And that's what I'm hoping. So that's a mystery for me. Am I, is this really going to, you know, get me to a place where I can finally feel like I've reached the expectations others have had and maybe my expectations from, and for you, what is, go ahead. Depending on who you ask, I would say that you've definitely made it to a great standard in that I'm in Australia and I came across your podcast by accident and thought I need to be on this thing because it's about authenticity and about being one's genuine self. And it, it, it puts effective strangers, you know, I haven't really spoken more than two words prior to this, this uh, interview. And yet we're both wanting to here I am. This is me. Um, and that's something which is dangerous that can be around people who don't know when it's in a safe space amongst safe people can be very liberating and very healing. Um, so the fact that you're global and this will be said to people in my circles who are other side of the country, but my country, outside the world to you, um, is a great reach. Mm. And there was a time uh, when the first time I had a film for sale on Amazon, for example, I thought, I've made it because there are people outside of my sphere on the other side of the sphere who can get a hold of my work and get a glimpse into who I am and what I'm about. I thought, well, that's one of the many times I'm like, I've made it. So, yeah. I got you. <laughs> I, I didn't even know your, your work is on Prime, man. I uh, I remember going well, to your it website. was. Oh, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> for sure for sure um you asked yeah. me about uh, a mystery to me did you say yeah a mystery for yourself that you you know you said six and seven so you know in that yeah. in that last three ish what do you think you're trying to figure out well uh just now um i'm at the point where i'm i'm actually uh talking with, with, with my partner about actually having kids so we're at the point of i can look at my young self and be like i got you man and you come first for me as a parental figure but how the hell i'm going to be a physical literal parent is something which i suppose it should terrifies me so um but in, in a good way i don't think there's any uh challenge going into in life which didn't terrify me which didn't turn out to be a really great thing so um that's the conversation that, that we're having now and about the logistics of how to get it um to a place as close to the right time as we can. And um, that's sort of the next few chapters ahead for me. So that's where I'm at. That's huge, man. That's huge. Uh, yeah, for, for your for your kids, man, what's, what's like in your mind, you know, I feel like every parent kind of is never ready, right? That's what they tell me because I'm not ready either. <laughs> uh, yeah. But what, what, what do you feel like is one of those important things that you're just trying to get them to realize and understand at the youngest age possible. I feel like that's something that parents are trying without even thinking about it. 
But there is some sort of moral or lesson that my parents still couldn't like for me respecting elders was the thing i did for a long time after this feel that in me for you any thoughts that we all belong that we're all worthy and we the things that make us different when we're young are assets when we're older say that one more time the things that made us different when we're younger are assets to us when we're older oh i got you <laughs> uh how were you different when you were a child if you don't mind me um, i was intellectually mature for my age uh but i added like a complete tool um <laughs> I was very emotionally engaged, whereas most of the, you know, um, young boys under 12 don't want to talk about their feelings. Um, I had a pretty pronounced stammer, which I've carried through into adulthood, uh, which uh, is it is a, a trauma response. And it became a good litmus test to uh, people who actually wanted to get to know what I'm saying. So um, I just found that those things are... Uh, set me aside from being just one of the group but even back then i thought well i can make a positive out of this um so i had a lot of introspection time and a lot of uh, imagination time which was at the expense of having um a very social time in my adolescence so the good came from that but it took many years to notice that and articulate it and really be thankful for it because as with most children at that age, all I wanted to do was just be one of everybody else. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, and when, when was that realization point? You <laughs> feel like we, we, we have similar upbringings yeah. in a way. Um, yeah, because I, I was an only child. I had a lot of imagination time. But I never thought, I thought, I thought it was normal. I thought everybody was oh, living this kind of <laughs> Uh, yeah, so. When you're told everything around you is 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 normal until you're shown it's not, and then you realize, wow, this is the uh, the lot I've got in life. Okay, um, <laughs> there was ever a specific epiphany. It was really just a a, a slow realization of um, well, I, I first coming to terms with the fact that like like this is my my lot in life, but then um, making the advantage of that so uh, i didn't i didn't get into a lot of trouble as a teenager most because i didn't have friends to wrap me out um, <laughs> or any witnesses and uh, i got up to a lot of um not even shady but just like, like things that you probably don't want your adolescent to be up to but um <laughs> again having that um that that outsider status meant that I was able to kind of go under a lot of radars and stuff. And when that was included me, I'm like, oh, okay, this is nice. Um, <laughs> but it's always nice to share those those spoils with. So it, it was only once um, the school years ended and, and we were passing to adulthood, I was able to kind of pick out people from my own tribe and be myself. And that would attract people who had a similar mindset so it's just the long game which uh isn't something which we're really taught growing up is very um you're young i want to grow up so i can 
have all these things and be my myself as I see myself. But when you get to that, that point, you want to be that age again to really enjoy the innocence that comes along with it. So it's, oh, it, it, you know, it's like, dude, uh, I don't know if you heard in, in my previous episodes, but I, I work at a high school, right? Yes. And, uh, yes. I followed your, uh, your, your, your past episodes. So uh, when, when crazy thing happened last week, when, you know, it's after school, there was a, a guy random stranger and me and my co-workers were like oh he was tweaking on something um because it doesn't happen normally anyways he walks in and I, I catch him and i'm like hey man what's going on and he's like oh i used to go to school here and you know i went to two different schools this was one of the schools i went to like i thought if i could come back here it would turn me 18 again so that's how we kind of knew he was tweaking <laughs> but it was just like damn and like I wasn't even mad at him. I was just kind of like, man, yeah. I, I wish that's how it worked. <laughs> and I just told him, like, yeah, I don't think it works that way. I'm sorry. I, w I wish it did. And he kind of understood that and left. I was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> the feeling that people have sometimes, this was this guy acting oh, yeah. on it, you know? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, go ahead. I've also done that. I also went back to um, uh, my old schools, and it was a really profound moment because. I kind of went up to the the front office, just being like, "Is there anything from this time period?" So for me, it would have been um, like the '90s through to the early '90s, and uh, they said everything from that era is um, archived, put away, and no. And I thought, well, I don't have a lot of that time, but um, it'd be good to see uh, if it was anything. I then kind of turned to like my left, and there was a. Um, that year's staff photos and there was one teacher from when i was <laughs> under 12 there who was still there and i'm like we must possibly have five minutes with this teacher and uh they're like oh i'll, I'll, I'll go uh I'll go seek her out so while i'm waiting there in the front office this teacher just happens to be wandering past and i thought that they'd been sent to me already so there was that kind of awkward moment of oh they found you kind of thing <laughs> um but it was so much like, do you recognize me? She's like, I, I don't know who the hell you are, sir. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I had that conversation for all of five, 10 minutes with someone who I didn't know at the time was so profoundly influential on me because I definitely made her life a misery. But <laughs> I was also quite validated because she said like, you made my life a misery back then, Davo, because we didn't know what we know now about um, Everyone's mentality and about how they're coping with stuff and all the rest. And even if we did, we couldn't act on it back in those days. But we can't really do it now. Um, so you were just, you were just a kid growing up. And I found that was very validating and very uh, healing for me. So uh, if people can have the opportunity to revisit moments and people from their childhood, I think that's a very profound thing to seek and to experience. Oh yeah, for sure. Like. When I, I don't I don't meet a lot of teachers from when I was growing up, but just meeting old classmates, oh man, it brings you back. It makes you feel that age. It's it's, it's crazy. It brings me. Just you wait. What, wait until a student comes to you saying, "You you you changed my life." In twenty years from now, that's going to be a moment for you. So. Yeah, man. I uh, you know, I, I try to tell the kids that there's nothing special going on. It's you know, I'm just trying to do the best I can for them. <laughs> just to be a smiling face is enough for some kids I hear that i hear that man um i guess i'll i'll, I'll be looking forward to that one day uh, <laughs> uh one, one last question before we move on to the icebreaker was there anything before film if it wasn't film was there anything that was capturing your imagination 
way that's just as special. Oh gosh, um, I was definitely a writer very young, mm. um, and I sort of that now because that now becomes my screenplay. So I still use that, but it's not in long form prose. I haven't um, written a novel or anything to that level. Um, that's what I otherwise would have done. That's where I was steering myself um, until I discovered that film was more my medium. I got you. All right, boss. So we got through the warm up. Time oh. for us to move on to the icebreaker port. Go with the icebreaker. <laughs> so as you can see, there's 34 seconds on the clock. Uh, but that's my age now. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, the the golden year, man. <laughs> uh, what's it called? So, got a choice between a word association or this or that. Which one are you trying to feel? I guess for you this afternoon. <laughs> yes, uh, let's go um, association. Association, I got you. So, um, since you've seen the other podcasts or the other episodes, you know I shall I will dig into a couple of your answers. That up, we go in three, two. Ooh, where is this? <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Life. Ongoing. Past. Remembrance. Knowledge. Deeply important. Freedom. Deeply important. Lost. Self. Believe. In self. God. Beyond. Crazy. Me. Great. Why not? Hell. Always. <laughs> okay. I think we could we could start. Oh, we're not rehearsed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, not rehearsed at all. Uh, I love that. <laughs> I gotta ask you. Let me let me start off with that first one. Uh, mm -hmm. You said hell. I said hell. Yep. You said always. Right. Yeah, uh, always. Um, yeah. Why? 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 Why always? <laughs> I wish I knew. Um. Okay, uh, just again, just going off what comes to me now, uh, because it's always present as a threat or something to be um, aware of. So I suppose for me that would mean like um, having had little glimpses of my own personal hell throughout my life, um, that's something I need to keep a hold of to like keep myself grounded. It may also be a... Um, don't slide back into these times. It may also just be um, keeping in mind that for every good, there's bad, apparently. Mm -hmm. So um, be be present and thankful for the good times. Just don't be too crushed when there's the come down. That might be what I'm picking up. Gotcha. Uh, what's, has there ever been a way that you've been able to kind of pull yourself out of that? Um, that might be useful. Okay. Expressing it. So again, that's what I personally do with my filmmaking is it isn't right away. I definitely do wallow in stuff and I do have my um, my own personal ups and downs. But broadly speaking, over the course of um, months or years, everything which has been a profound loss or a really difficult traumatic time for me has gone into something that I've written and then presented as a work of fiction. So that's how I operate. 
Um, not everyone has that, uh, which is a shame because I can't give any other idea as to what else there is in people that they would have, which has that kind of effect. But I would hope that everyone has that in some manner that, that, that fits their personality. I gotcha. Uh, and then another one before we move on to the Wheel of Fate, which yeah. was, I think I said lost in itself. Is yeah. That correct? Yeah. Well, why did self come up for you? Because to get to where I am, I've had to let a lot go. Um, either ideals of how things should be. Um, a lot of the people who were around me, who um, I just took a critical look at and thought, whether you mean well or not, this is not going to work. Um, and I try to see myself as kind of a kaleidoscope, which is always changing, but in order to have that change and that that um, evolution, something which you can see and is quite beautiful and uh, was created needs to be lost or broken, changed in some way for that evolution to occur. So, yes. I got you. No, that, I, I understand what you mean. Um, I want to ask, this doesn't have to do with that answer. It's just more like okay. a, a curiosity of mine. But, uh, yeah. so, you know, American media, American Hollywood and stuff, it has this thing of like, you know, it's corrupted. You know, there's a lot of players in the system that are very like, you know, up there for a reason and they can kind of dictate what gets released or what gets promoted, what gets distributed. Um, I believe you're an independent filmmaker. Yeah. I am, yes. Uh, so yeah, how does does that affect you at all? Or like, is that something that you're like, oh, I need to find my breakthrough kind of thing, or is it just like, no, nah, I'll let them do their thing. I'm gonna do my thing. Happy with that. Gosh, um, I have a shelf of trophies. I have a big portfolio of films I've made. Those things are so secondary to the fact that I can just do what I do. Um, I reached a point a few years ago where I was having films put onto Prime and other um, platforms, but there was always a sense of a ticking clock um, and hoping that they would renew the contract or there'd be enough sales of my stuff to, to perpetuate my involvement on the platform and so on. And I found that I, that was seeping, seeping, seeping into what I'm making. So I wanted to please other people. And whenever I do that, whenever I try to do stuff to please other people, it turns out to be a big disaster. I've got one film in my catalog, which is uh, my my go-to, don't do that again kind of um, thing. Um, but when I finally got the uh, the know-how and the uh, the balls, really, to strike out, be proudly independent and throw up my own website, which is my own uh, distribution thing for streaming, DVD sales and any other sort of physical media um, and I can earn a profit off of that and get my head around the idea of I love what I do and it's all about um, the, the heart of it, I also need to make a living off of it and it's okay to do that and if anything it's actually essential for a creative to allow themselves to make a profit off what they, what they do. So I am pulling away from what the greater industry expects or wants because it hasn't really done me a lot of favors, especially not, not intellectually uh, or emotionally. And 
my stuff, I don't know if it's quite underground or um, or um, art house or whatever. It's just real. It's it's uh, often quite academic. It's it's uh, a mix of drama and comedy and all these things put together into one kind of mix to, to appeal to a certain um, type of, of, of deep thinker who loves to be entertained. But when I see like the, the Hollywood system, I don't see myself winning an Oscar because I couldn't buy into that system. Um, this is again part of just owning being an outsider and being okay with that and making it work for me. Hear that, man? I definitely feel what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, dog. Well, we made it through the icebreaker, and now it's time Wait. for us to face Wheel of Fate. No crazy image for that one. I need to come up with something. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so here's the wheel. Let me give it a spin. Just as a reminder, if anything's too deep, too personal, something you don't want to talk about, feel free to pass. Oh. So you have number 19. And number 19 is, was a light one. But uh, what's been one of your proudest moments? Something that you really feel like you love sharing. Or you just love recalling that memory back. Just... always feeling like an outsider and I was uh, just going to be given that lot in life I keep saying when I actually met my soulmate got married and thought I have someone in my life now who gets me and even at the worst of times has my back that was an enormous uh, thing for me so I I don't know if I would to get to that point if I hadn't had a lot of self-love by that point. Um, it's very hard for someone to know how to love it if you can't sort of show them how to. And at, at that point in my life, I'd reached a point of self-honoring, um, self-actualization, and was open to receiving more than just, um, oh, there's, there's a second physical person with me. I was seeking someone who actually got me and took the time to understand what makes me tick and respond to that. So once that came to a, uh, a, a real marriage of people, I thought this is something which I never really thought I would be able to attain and for it to be a healthy relationship, which would be uh, long lasting. It turns out it is. And that's something which, um, young me would have loved to have known about oh i got you yeah it's a when you can't see it as a kid right and then it happens as an adult yeah it's one of those i guess i should reframe that as like well what's the moment that your young self would be proud of uh that could give it a little more more focus oh that's what's up though man i'm I'm happy you have that uh i want something another curiosity of mine is uh what's it like for you to like watch that very first film release for a uh, you know decent one it yeah how is that for you we need to qualify first film because um that can be a number of things i got you i got you um let's say the the first one not the very first one you know when you made it as a kid or anything but like maybe the first mm-hmm. one where you felt like okay this is my my shot my shot to okay, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that would have been a short film I made called Complex uh, in 2013. So it's, it's it was released in 2014. It's coming up to its 10-year anniversary, which uh, I'm planning for stuff in, in the new year. 
when I watch it, I definitely see like I could have framed that better, shot that better. It was back in the days when I was just getting off camera sound. So we had a, a, a second person getting sound with the boom mic and whatnot, but um, it was a new thing for me back in those days. So I was still learning uh, the the grunt work of, ma of making films on a fairly large scale because this thing ran for about 26 minutes in the end. So it was it, it was a, a decent shoot, but it wasn't a five minute piece. And yet that film was, for me at least, the gift that keeps on giving. It, it, it was so successful. It was the one that got picked up by a, a distributor at the time and got onto Amazon and got people to sort of give me a second look kind of thing but it is nowhere near in the same ballpark as to what I can do now. So I look back at it with um, a lot of nostalgia and a lot of how lucky I was to have people around me who just heard what I was about and did it without being paid, without the the, the expectation of, of being paid. And that wasn't a problem for them. They're just like, like, we can see what he's trying to achieve and I want to support him in getting this thing done. And flash forward 10 years to the... Um, I'm at now, I'm not putting them at my door saying, pay me, pay me now, you owe me. They're just like, I'm happy that you had what you had, Davo, and it was good to be a part of it. So that's a very fond memory. What's up, man? Uh, yeah. You think at that time, was it was it something where you had to ask for help or did people just like kind of gravitate towards it? Oh, I'm here. Let's do this. I was definitely asking for help back then. And uh I don't tend to worry about asking people for help. Um, it's something which a lot of people I know struggle with. And especially in our industry where, um, especially when you're first starting out, you've got to ask for a lot of freebies and a lot of favors. And a lot of people don't like to allow you to ask for freebies and favors. They really tear you down for doing that. And whenever I see someone um, asking for assistance and for help and being so like, I can't pay you, but... Um, I'm happy to ask them because I can just imagine they're about to get all this vitriol from um, either the purists or the capitalists or what have you. Also knowing that we as professionals can't just give away what we do for free. So I, I, I see both sides of it. But um, we also have to remember that we all started somewhere and it, it, it means a lot to me to now hire people on from back then into my current stuff and give them the daily fee that they're worth as a thank you for being my support back when I first started and couldn't offer that. Gotcha. Uh, and then one more follow-up to that, which is, uh, how do you deal with feedback? Uh, how do you deal with feedback? Like I know for me, when I was trying to be a rapper and I was making these songs, I would show people and it would always oh. be like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, good job. And <laughs> when I really wanted them to like really dig into the lyrics and try to ask me questions about, oh, why was this line written? Like, so for you, is it maybe something you don't even think about anymore? Still something you're hoping people ask you questions about those very specific. It's definitely something I still think about because I want people to want to dig for those questions. Um, and that's the two different kinds of, of feedback that we can get. One is it's very easy to criticize somebody else and what they're doing, especially people who don't do it themselves. So um, I can get criticized for I'm an independent filmmaker, therefore my stuff is not always so slick, or you can kind of tell when I've 
I've gotten um, one set on one camera type, another set on a different camera type, and that the visuals don't quite match or something to that effect. Um, but also when people dig into, well, how did that idea come about? What research went into that concept? When I tell them, they kind of lean in with, with more interest. That's a different type of feedback. It's not about um, finding the holes. It's about finding the depth. I like that. I like that. Finding the depth. So, let me pull up the wheel again with another spin. All right, Davo, this one looks like it's number four. Please believe me. <laughs> uh, but number four is. Oh, was heavier, but. Uh, oh, oh, yes. How, how have you disappointed yourself? I disappointed myself. Um, I'm not at the point now where I thought I would be at this age. Uh, and that's again part of the conversation about um, starting kids now and uh, how that would detract from my career because I've only just really got my career to a point where I want it to be. But when I think back to where I thought I'd be at this age when I was younger, I would have thought I'd have a lot more sorted out, that I wouldn't be quite so quite so dogged by things that had occurred 30 years ago, which still bother me to this day. Um, I didn't think I'd still have my stammer now, but I've got that for life. And just things which I, I thought, well, one day I'll overcome this, and one day I'll beat that, and one day I'll have this sort of thing. When you don't have those things, that does become a bit of a personal, I've let myself down feeling. Um, and you make peace with that. I would have liked to have trusted myself better and to have had a better discerning nature of other people but that's not how i'm built i'm i'm very much a an open person i'm i'm a hugger of new people i'm i, I show interest in in people who I, I just meet when um in our industry there's a lot of that narcissistic need for validation and for attention so you kind of give that up front on a silver platter and that uh, can go quite bad for you so it's it's the knowledge of I'm I'm built how I'm built, and that can be both a blessing and a curse. Um, so it's it, it's been a soft disappointment, but with a caveat of I understand that this has come from more than just letting myself down. It's come from a place of my own ingredients. So similarly, it's like if my child was disappointed, it's like, like you've disappointed me, but I still love you. Mm. Yeah, sure. And, you know, you, you mentioned it earlier and you mentioned it again just now, balance. Yeah. To me, that's a very big thing. Um, things aren't always going to be great. Things are going to be bad. It's all about just painting, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, being content with how just how things flow. Um, just a heads up. We have about 10, 15 minutes left in the pod, Devo. I want to thank you again for coming through. You think we have time for one more spin? I hope so, yeah. Sure, why not? Let's do it. Got number 23 this time. Okay. What would you like to change about yourself? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to live closer to 
what I was just saying, because the ideal of loving myself unconditionally is not an unconditional thing, which I'm happy I mentioned earlier on in this podcast, where it's something which, which I strive for, but I haven't really got my hands around. Um, it's something which um, I'm learning to do, but I still have those moments where I notice that I'm feeling more chunkier than usual today, or or I'm showing more signs of aging or something, and I'm like, oh, come on, David, hit the gym more, you know, take, take, take better care of yourself. It's like, but I'm I'm a 34 year old man. It's like, <laughs> I'm I'm showing some wear and tear in every aspect of my uh, of my being. So, um, I guess I would like to stop comparing myself as I am to how I saw or do see myself um, and just be just be proud that I'm still here and that I'm doing something in the same realm as what I had envisioned to do 30 years ago because a lot of people are seeing what I'm doing and they seem inspired by it or just um, encouraged to ask for a, a bit more of, of themselves. So if I met myself, what I, what I like the person I was meeting, and I want to reach a point of definitely yes, because there are times when I'm like, I don't always know. I got you. Um, uh, that resonates with me. Sure. All right, man. Well, you made it to you know, almost to close that portion of the pod. Before we do that, there's this exercise I keep to take part in. So let's just say you're speaking out to the galaxy, right? You're speaking to the universe at this point. Um, there's this phrase I would like you to fill in, which is I, I am, I can, I will. So I am blank. I can blank. I will. Blank. Let me know when you're ready. And I set up the state. Okay, I'm ready. All right. Whenever you're ready, let her rip. I am worthy. I can overcome. And I will look back on today with as much self-care as I want today. As I need today. Gotcha, man. You got yourself. So if you ever need a, you know, audio clip of yourself just reminding you of these things, of who you are, what you can do, and what you will do, they're gift wrap for you. <laughs> uh, but uh, for sure, man. All right. So here we go with the closeout portion of the podcast. Um, this next question is actually previous guest. So <laughs> this will be interesting. But uh, cool. so shout out to G Dirty. Uh, rapper out here in California um, G Dirty's question for you is what's your favorite Filipino food you've ever had it <laughs> I don't think I have so I'll answer that with I've I've had a lot of Filipino friends and lovers <laughs> so, <laughs> they were quite tasty in their own way <laughs> 
I got you. I got you. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, <laughs> um, they never took you out to a Filipino restaurant or anything or cooked food for you. That's, that's strange. Well, look, I'm, I'm from a very um, Celtic background, uh, very white middle class, and I didn't get around uh, other cultures until I was well into my 20s just because of where I, I'm from in the world. Uh, I'm from uh, a country town in, in, in rural New South Wales, and there's a lot of um, Greek, Macedonian kind of influence, but not a lot of Islander, Filipino sort of stuff. That came a lot later. So um, if it had been a broader question, uh, something like, uh, what's the, 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 the... Any other culture, I could have given you a, a better answer, but specifically Filipino, that did not enter my sphere until <laughs> much older. I got you. I was gonna say, man, that, that sounds like an opportunity out there. If there isn't a spot, maybe if you're still in touch with your Filipino friends, like start a start a little, you know, kiosk or something, sell some Filipino snacks to invigorate. I'll be asking them. I just um I'm just sorry I couldn't answer that question with a better more thoughtful response. Um because I guess I was expecting something a bit more um uh, emotionally tired and i was more prepared for that but something so <laughs> i do not know you never know what kind of questions you'll get um yeah, but yeah. i do have one from another previous guest so shout out to julian of the sneaks, oh, cool. <laughs> sneaks and stats podcast uh julian would like to ask you what impact do you want to have oh, God. Oh. if i can be of any assistance to the thought process of, of a, a younger child, we're talking like 12 or under here, who is still coming to see the world outside of themselves and their place in it. And they have this little, little, little relation of uh, maybe I don't quite fit in or uh, people aren't welcoming and, and um, allowing me to be or something that that's just a step along the way because they won't forget what it feels like to not be included and to not be um, valued. So the older that we get being able to value ourselves, that will be a grounding thing. And they'll come across someone, as I do with uh, kids these days, who don't value themselves. I think I see myself in them and I can remind them that they are of value. So broadly, I'd like to do what I can and be what I can to inspire others to be themselves and be what they can be. Gotcha, man. Um, and I'm sure, sure that's already happening. You just don't know it yet. And I guess just... I, if I could be of any kind of role model, knowing that I didn't really have much of a role model like myself. Um, I never looked at a independent filmmaker when I was younger and thought I'm going to be him someday because that wasn't the dumb thing back in those days so if anyone's able to resonate to who I am and that matters to them I'd like to know that that uh, is something which, which is beyond me and my own personal interference and that just comes from their connection to what I've created gotcha um, my second to last question for you, Devo, is what would you like to ask the next guest on the question? Yeah. 
What would you like to ask the next guest? All right. Uh, I think we had a bit of a uh, delay just then. You're all good. Um, hmm. I guess going back to what I've threaded throughout my interview um, about the younger self, what would you say to your four-year-old self knowing that the information is only going to be passed down, not got back up again. So if you could be face to face with yourself at, at that young age, what would you tell your four-year-old self? A four-year-old self. Four-year-old self. Yeah, I got. want to think about that for a second. I'd like to answer this last question as well. Um, cool. So my four-year-old self, I had just moved to America. Uh, uh -huh. and I was, I guess, just learning English and stuff at that time. Um, I mean, I would just love to tell my younger self to make mistakes while you're young. Oh, that's nice. I was, I was very like trying to be perfect, trying to make my parents proud and not cause any trouble for them. So I don't think I was open to making mistakes or and whenever I did, it was like the worst thing in the world and oh. end of the world. And then as I got older, I know as I know as I got older, I started to realize oh, it was okay to make mistakes. I was like, oh, well, I, I got a lot to make up for because I was not doing that <laughs> as a kid. Uh, uh, I think I, I definitely think I made up for <laughs> made up for those mistakes. Um, and now it's, it's everything has become more balanced. Right. <laughs> but for sure. Yeah, I think at that age, I would have told myself to make more, you know, take more chances, take more risks. Um, I was very risk averted for sure. But for sure. Uh, thank you for that question, Davo. And then my last question for you, man. Question that ties everything together. Uh, 100, 200, 300 years from now, our descendants watching this video, what would you like to tell them, man? That I love you for whatever has been passed down from me to you. That we've built a world which is desperately in need of love and that's not just romantic that is respectful love that is um honoring someone else's worthiness love and it would mean a lot to me that you guys are able to actually enjoy the spoils of what we're trying to desperately create today i hear you man i hear you they hear you <laughs> if, if they haven't been able to enjoy those spoils, bloody well get on it because we're talking hundreds <laughs> of years in the future here. Come on. You know, every time is a is a like the future's already happening, the past is still happening. Uh, I, mm. I forgot what theory that was, but yeah, who knows? Who knows? Um, but yeah, man, I want the the, uh, the uh, energies now, so it will bounce forward and back, and yeah, it's a butterfly effect. We'll continue to do so uh and you know it, it's crazy for me to think that the universe is still growing it's still expanding and i don't know how far it's gonna <laughs> there's so many things we as puny humans have no idea what's happening out there in the universe mm -hmm. but any last things you'd like to add before we head out of here dave um we we won't know what's going on out there because it is forever expanding but we can always start with what's going on in here. 
and in here. For sure, um, man. Because that's a universe in and of itself. There's a lot of depth to it if people have the um, motivation to really go digging and the, the, the fearlessness factor to behold what they find. Uh, because I think we all kind of want to see a bit of a change in some area of our lives. That does always come from within, it's in, in, in some manner, even just the um, the realization that I want to change um, because things will happen around us regardless, but to be the one to instigate that gives a sense of, uh, of, of control and of being a part of the greater picture. For sure, sure. Um, I don't know if you want to put any plugs in for your for your work like where can people find your things <laughs> you know right, um yes effectively just uh davohardyfilms.com uh very simple that's d-a-v-o-h-a-r-d-y films.com uh in the form do this uh, this podcast uh, you asked me what word would i use to describe myself i used hardy which means persevering so i was aptly named and um uh, the name Davo, uh, I, I have a joke because this, this isn't a reality, but um, we have our version of a um, of a uh, what was it called, Pigas? Um, your restraining order is to us <laughs> a a apparent violence order or an AVO. So you can't have Davo without a big D and an AVO. Um, <laughs> I got you. So, so I can find my stuff on on that.com and um, it'll, it'll all be that because um, I'm sure this this podcast is a good sense of who I am and what I'm all about. But uh, on a much broader scale of what my values are and uh, what I, I create, it's it's all up there. Uh, the, the shorts I've made and still have access to because some are cross lost for the hands of time and what I'm working on next. So, um, I definitely get a lot more attention from people in the States and Europe than I do in my own country, which is strange. But I think I stand out a lot to, to, to you guys because I'm not a very uh, conservative filmmaker. And I stand out to people in the European countries because I kind of fit in with their very forward-thinking, progressive manner. So, um, it's always fun to see where those analytics come from. For sure, for sure. Analytics, man. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to keep my eyes away from those things, but <laughs> I, I well, hear. Well, yeah, because you for me, otherwise, if you were um, thinking, I wonder if I can get a, a a guest on who's from Australia. Well, now you have. <laughs> I appreciate it, and you know what? Australia has shown me some love, man. I think I've had two other folks that came on. Um, I don't know if you're into MMA, MMA fighting. Uh, a Willerman, I think. Sorry if I butchered your name. He he came through. Uh, he was a fighter out there. I think. I don't want to. I don't want to give you misinformation. <laughs> but yeah. That's it. That's it. Uh, I definitely got love for Australia. Australians out there, man. You guys. You guys rock with me. You guys vibe with the podcast and find it interesting. And that's, that's cool. That's that's amazing. Connect with folks, though. So, like, and. We didn't even get to talk about where where we linked up on, um, and I never got, got got to ask you why you love playing the game because I get that question all the time. Like, 
are you like playing that game? And I'm like, well, <laughs> it's, it's a... All right, so for the, um, for the listeners out there, we met, uh, you, you, you and I, doing an online version of Monopoly. Yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what prompted me to do that. I just, I, I, I've always been a big gamer, both um, uh, console and, and, and tabletop, especially uh, those, those really expensive types. But I just one day had the the need for it. I'm like, I need to play Monopoly today. And <laughs> in amongst um, the gamers said, that's such a passe, boring, everyone's done it, who wants to play that kind of thing? And I thought, no, but I, I do. So um, sometimes uh, you got to find these things online because that's the way to think about doing it. And there was this site that, 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 that does it um, globally. And it's fairly anonymous uh, so i was impressed that um i was able to find this podcast through because <laughs> i would never put my own personal website podcast whatever on that just because i like that, that that anonymity because people can get so toxic on those oh those, yeah those <laughs> environments so i thought I, I wanted to create this whole other persona which is barely there to begin with um so i can enjoy the game and then get out and go yeah. Um, and it was just, seeing it from a, a broader perspective, it was the most unlikely way to find this podcast. Because <laughs> I then found uh, through that the, the YouTube and um, that's what I personally have been uh, getting it from. And I thought, well, I would not have found this easily through other means because I don't have a lot of people around me who come to me with, David, you need to check out this podcast unless it's an entertainment podcast and most of those are really vapid um shallow podcasts about hey everyone we're here with Davo and he's amazing and here's his new amazing movie you'll go watch it and that's it it's like so this one asking those deep personal questions which as you gave the um the uh oh god the, the warning to if anything is too personal, um, say so. I'm like, I want to be asked those kind of questions. Um, and to find myself really having to dig deep to find answers about uh, where I'm at. So that was just so serendipitous and so fortuitous that I thought I could not turn them a chance to be a part of this podcast. So it all comes down to rolling the dice, literally. <laughs> that, that's a good way to tie it in, man. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah yeah it's it's they're very ser- serendipitous um and you know for, for on my end of it i'm just yes, like please. yo I, I i i love playing monopoly uh, this was even back in my college days but uh growing up an only child i didn't have a lot of people to play with uh-huh. uh but the thing i like about the site that we use uh shout out rich 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 up io yeah rich up io it's just so fast it's like yeah let's yeah. roll let's roll let's let's, let's, get, let's get the thing going and then for me uh i think i was looking for a game that i didn't want to pay for like i'm somewhat of a gamer i'll try games here and there um but you know also like maybe a time killer is something i could play just to actually not yeah. have to overly think about things um so yeah i think that's where i found it and then the idea was like first i just had 34 questions as my name uh-huh. and then i was like wait let me just put podcast there so people i play against can ask a question maybe i don't know that's uh, nice. <laughs> and uh yeah so that that's helped out at least you know have 
people checking it out from here and there globally which is a uh, pretty cool um because i'm not a great person i'm not the best person to like promote my stuff i'm not really good at marketing i can't convince someone listen to this because it's better than everything else that's not how i want to approach it at all it's more so like this is available if you like it here it is which i think monopoly with the name 34 questions podcast allows me to do I feel like it's too in your face so it worked out it works out and shoot man you're the first person from from that side to come on here thank you for getting the ball rolling hopefully you know <laughs> and if, if we're in the same room i'm sure we will be at some point uh, we, we could definitely talk about it there and maybe folks will be more open. Well, you're based in California, right? Yeah, yeah, based in California. The, the the number of film festivals and stuff that I send my stuff to, like worldwide, but also, of course, obviously California, um, it, it, it would be a great little feather in my cap to um, <laughs> go to one of these festivals which show my work because I only got picked up and paid along with uh, stuff at that level in the last few years, which was over COVID and so on. So when my uh, fifth film, Public Eye, was doing so well globally, I couldn't go and be a part of it because of all those restrictions of travel. Mm. But um, even in what I do, I have met people in such similarly unusual, unlikely ways, but those turn out to be some of the most profound connections because um, you don't always meet people who you're meant to meet through those very obvious channels of, you know, just, just passing on the street or, um, or through a friend of a friend. It can easily just as a, it can just easily be through something as random as a online Monopoly game. <laughs> For sure. um, and then taking the time to actually check that person's uh, bio and say like, oh, there's a link here. I'll, I'll follow that leading onto this uh, YouTube page for a uh, few questions and being like, I now have my listening experience for the next couple of days because I went through as many of those episodes as I could to get an opposite sense of what I was signing up for, but also to learn who your other guests have been. And they've all been so outside of my own sphere, but I found them to be, I, I never turned one of them off. I got through all of them and I thought, well, this is someone who doesn't know me from Adam, but I know a bit about them. So that's nice. And I mean, you know, hopefully they'll get to know you more in your episode as well. Perhaps so. Hi, people. <laughs> yeah, hi, strangers. Uh, but Devo, I want to thank you again for making time for this. Uh, I'm glad it's an afternoon for you, so you still have stuff you can do. Uh, most of the time, me and my guests are just, you know, winding our, our days down at this point. So I want to say thank you. Hope you have a great rest of your day. I want to thank all the folks out there as well. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, definitely appreciate your time as well. Please remember to reach out, reach forward. As always, much love. Uh, we'll catch you guys next time. 34 questions. Peace. Peace and, to uh, all. <laughs> it kind of fades out from there, David. <laughs>